Want adventure? Relaxation? A new high? Then this drug is for you. Hi, and welcome to the Dark Christmas Tales Advent Calendar. This tale is called Chocolate, written by Angela Blythe and read by the author. I consider myself an experienced drug user. I know what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't take a lot, but all my friends do it and so do I. It's just a normal thing to do these days. The weekend's not the same, unless you've had one good high. Life is stressful. That's the way of the modern world. I don't know how previous generations relieve stress, but I know what we do and it works. I began hearing the odd tale about a new drug that was coming out. One where the trip was so vivid that you would have the most fantastic experience. And after the visions had stopped, the chilled out feeling continued. I was up for that when it came. Me and a couple of my friends ended up being the first to use it. We kept asking around until word got out to the right people that we were up for it. My mate Ben went to fetch it off a guy he knew. There were specific instructions to this one. We had to focus on something as we took the drug. That would be what we would see, so pick something good. We had heard the name, chocolate. We never realised that it would look like a flipping chunk off a Cadbury's bar. Are you sure this isn't a laxative? I asked Ben. No, definitely not. Jiffy said he got it straight off the man in the laboratory, Ben replied. It never crossed my mind not to take it. Ben always got his stuff off Jiffy, and there hadn't been a problem before. This time, the truth was that Jiffy had got this stuff off someone else. I wanted to take mine first, then tell Ben what it was like. I decided to focus on a picture of my granddad. I missed him so much. He bought me up after Mum and Dad had been killed in a car crash. He'd died three months ago. As I went down the rabbit hole, so to speak, someone came to the front door. I don't know who. Ben went to see who it was, but kept the door open. The icy wind blew through the house, and it was freezing. I was so cold. I wanted to stop thinking about it. My body began to shiver. I was falling, falling softly, but damn, it was cold. I could see lots of people and Grandad was amongst them. They were running, running towards me. Run, Grandad said. Run for your life, lad. I started to run, checking to see that Grandad and the others were running with me in the same direction. They were. I felt impact tremors. Something large was behind us. I ran. I was unsure which direction I was supposed to go in. I slowed a little so that the others could catch up. What are we running from, Grandad? I asked him breathlessly. Certain death, lad. Don't stop. It's hungry today, Grandad said. Does this happen every day? I asked. Yes, until it catches someone, then it eats, and then we can rest. As soon as it's hungry, we all start over again, Grandad said. What is it, though? I asked. This one is large and black with tearing teeth and claws. It's like nothing you can imagine. It's hellborn, Grandad said. I heard the monster scream, I think out of frustration or perhaps it was hunger. The tremors stopped while it screamed. 
Where are we, Grandad? I asked. Under the ice, he said. What ice? That makes no sense, I said. You know the saying, when hell freezes over. Well, it did, and we're at the top of it. Between hell and earth, look up, Grandad said. I did. Sure enough, a thick layer of pale blue ice was above us. Through the frigid denseness and frost cracks, I could see shapes. I could see the sun. And that was the only light that illuminated us. What's up there? I asked. Life, lad. Just a hair's breath away, Grandad said. The tremor started again, just as we caught our breath. With stiff legs and fear in our hearts, we set off again. Why don't you break through? I asked. We don't have time when he's running for us. When he isn't, we don't want to alert him to our presence. Just run, Grandad said. I did. Up ahead, I saw something come out of the haziness. I couldn't tell what it was. There was something else puzzling me. If this was ice, were we running in water? That couldn't be right. I could breathe. Left, lad, Grandad shouted. I turned on a hairpin and ran left. Has it circled around us? I asked. No, there's plenty of them, Grandad said matter-of-factly. I caught sight of the new one. It had the look of an upright spider with wings and an egg sack or stomach that glowed pink. I'd smelled it too. We kept running. For several minutes I was in the front, as I was easily the youngest. I made sure that I was never too far from Grandad, though. Coming towards us, the floor looked black instead of blue. I wondered if I should run into this area. I turned to Grandad, who had not spotted it yet. Which way? Straight on? I asked. Grandad looked past me to the blackness. No, no! There was panic in Grandad's eyes. Right again, he said. Apparently, the chance of running into the giant moth spider was a better prospect than this black ground. As I turned, I could see it was moving towards us. A million mutant black rat-like animals tumbling towards us. Furless. Huge eyes and enormous teeth, of course. They did not have tails like a rat either. They had eight feelers coming from halfway down their backs. This scourge managed to swamp a tired straggler from our group, a large middle-aged lady. They ran up her and soon the weight of them pulled her over. She was swallowed by the black horde. She became invisible to our eyes, but not to our ears, as her screams were terrible. We'll be safe from them for a short while now, Grandad said. He seemed nonplussed about the death of one of his group. I could tell that this happened a lot. How come you haven't been whittled down ages ago? I asked. More come every day like you, lad, Grandad said. This became my life now. Every day was a constant flight from fear. We would run and hide until some nightmarish creature would capture one of the group and then things would settle down for a while. The horror, the screams, and the blood became commonplace. You were just glad it wasn't you this time. And then you got another chance to live. There seemed no way out, no purpose. We just seemed to be a feast on legs, placed here, wherever here actually was, to provide food and exercise for a never-ending queue of hungry monsters.
Strangely, we didn't seem to need food ourselves, or I couldn't seem to remember the last time I'd eaten something. Every so often, I heard distant noises, strange and muffled, like someone was trying to talk through a pillow. I had an idea that it was above the ice. Life, maybe my own life, was just above my head. One day, the spider moth caught up with a member of the group to the right of us. In my first brief glimpse of the monster, I had not noticed it had a stinger. The jagged barb entered the quivering person beneath it. A flood of venom, thick and white, started to come out of its victim's lips. I thought that we'd be able to relax now, but I was wrong. A red mist appeared before us, pulsating in and out, contracting and expanding. On its expansion, it moved forward. Run back, Grandad said. How many of these are there? I asked him. Thousands, a legion of monsters. We aren't killing them, we're feeding them, Grandad said. The mist caught a man at the back. Once it touched him, he exploded into a trillion drops of blood, and it grew bigger. I realised what it was made of now. Even this didn't seem to stop the chase today as it continued to come for us, driving us into the next terror. This wasn't normal. I missed you, Grandad, I said. I missed you too, and I love you, lad. Grandad's eyes grew large as he saw the beast behind me. Giant and rough-skinned, brown, the colour of iced chocolate. Several mouths were situated over its body. It had to be thirty feet tall. It opened one of its mouths above my head. Grandad threw himself in front of me, and it bit down on him. I saw it separate Grandad's head from his body, and at that moment, I saw my chance. I ran up the back of the monster, which was entirely preoccupied in its meal. I was just under the ice, and I started to bang on it with my fists. Everyone else was running away from the creature, eating my granddad. Help! I yelled. Still banging on the sharp ice, I saw a face looking at me from the other side. They couldn't hear me. They couldn't understand. Oh God, it was Ben. Ben would save me. He was right behind the ice. Ben had someone else with him. Someone in a white coat. Was that the person at the door? Help me! Help me! Smash the ice, Ben! Ben! I yelled. Still no change, Doctor? Ben asked. No. It's been six months now, and from what we can see, he's dead behind the eyes. That drug must have melted his brain. You're lucky he took it first, and it wasn't the both of you together, the Doctor said. Ben looked at the doctor and then back at me. The bastard who did this is in prison now, doctor. They say he was a chemist who decided to end the country's drug problem all by himself. He did it to stop people taking drugs. It stopped me, of course, although... It stopped me, of course, although... Ben said, stooping towards me. I'm not sure if my friend's life was worth the price to save us all. That was A Dark Christmas Tale, written and read by Angela Blythe. I hope you enjoyed it.
If you want to find out more about further stories in this series or my other work, please go to www.angelablythe.com.